1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: What's up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Today is February 7th, 2021, and this is episode 215 sponsored by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. Uh, If you're a longtime listener or just checking us out for the first time, we truly appreciate the support. And please rate and review. Um, we would totally totally appreciate that i know somebody else that would appreciate that because we do have a bunch of shit to talk about today bunch of very much stuff to talk about today very happy uh to get back with my friend but heather in- ingerson's in the house what's up heather
0: nothing what's up nothing. what's up guys just kidding i just had to do a little <laughs> past right there um yeah no good week for the bees Good week to hang out with friends. Um, sorry to disappoint everybody, but uh, no YouTube video this week. That's my fault. It's not Mark's fault. Don't think he's slacking. It's just, well, I edit a video where you can only see one person. So if all of you wanted to see his sweet-ass face, you can always follow him on his social medias, and you can see him accordingly throughout the week, uh, live streaming with the boys on Tuesday, whatever you will. Nice. But, yeah, what's up, Mark? You going to tell us a little about... Uh, What's going on your week what's going on good yeah.
2: week. yes very good week um busy week uh work is just crazy and it's gonna get crazier because i'm taking um president's day week off to catch up on stuff on the black and gold hockey podcast uh and you know editing getting new people involved blah 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 it's a Ton of crazy shit over here in the office but um this week at work is going to be a little tough i'm going to get some overtime which is sweet but um not only that i'm going to have the hockey to uh to, to enjoy in the downtime. We have a boatload of topics to go through. But before we do that, how are you doing?
0: Oh, I'm doing all right. Not the crazy week of homeschool slash work slash everything in life slash uh, Nor'easter. Snowing right now. Like a, We're apparently getting three to six inches just real quick within... Six or eight hours, which is great, I guess, but it has to come right in the middle of Super Bowl Sunday, so great for traveling purposes. Exactly. Not that everyone's not staying home today, socially distancing, of course, eating nachos, but yeah, but anyways, we got a crap ton of stuff to talk about, Uh, and if you, let me talk a little about uh, BetOnline.ag, hopefully everyone's got their Super Bowl bets in.
2: Yes, exactly. You you did mention the Super Bowl, and the Super Bowl is here, and you can get in on the action at BetOnline.ag. Tampa Bay, the first team in history to play for the title on their home field, is currently three and a half point underdog against Kansas City, who's looking for back-to-back titles for the first time in almost two decades. It's the GOAT against the next next in line. BetOnline.ag has hundreds of props uh, on the game, including game MVP, margin of victory, and even the length of the national anthem. Always available online or on your mobile device. Visit betonline.ag today. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Betonline.ag or online sports book experts. Lots of good stuff going on in the betting world. I've been hitting it lately. Hitting it with the, uh, the prop bets. Um, the other night I hit uh, over $250 for, uh, I think, Bergeron to have two assists or something like that. And, and another prop bet came in. So it was a nice $480 day.
0: You have been on fire, which is funny because it's only been like a year and a half maybe since you started betting at all. Because you were not a really betting guy. You, you like a sure thing because you just like being safe. There's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? But you are like been on fire with your picks lately. Break it in some money. Yeah, sure, you have off times at times. Nobody can be perfect betters. Even professionals are off, but life's working out for you. And I hope uh, some of our listeners out there have been taking advantage of that.
2: Yes, um, and, and speaking of taking advantage, please listen to the whole episode. We do have something that we're breaking uh, a little bit. Uh, it's, it's another Jersey giveaway, but it's for a non so we're not trying to make any money or cut any costs. Uh, it is a good cause for our local community here in Amesbury, Massachusetts. But um, let's um, get to the topics, shall we, Heather?
0: All right. Uh, well, we had three games this week, so I thought maybe we talk a little bit about the second bout versus uh, Washington. We won five to three. Of course, we're still in Washington, uh, but it was a pretty good game. Um, your boy Trent Frederick got into his first fight with uh, Tom Wilson and uh, Tom. People were saying, oh, it's not his first fight. No kidding. Guy. I'm talking to Mark. I know you all can see it, but I meant specifically because we had just talked about, right? Like, if you're going to go, go kid, that's fine. You know what I mean? And, you know, like people like he was chasing Wilson. So what did you think overall of the play and your boy, uh, Frederick, did you have a proud dad moment?
2: I did. It was you know obviously he's a he's one of my favorite prospects and so on but it's good to see him um uh, stand up and 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 call so um he's playing well. I'm glad to see he's in the lineup. Real tough to take him out. But the game itself I thought was really good. It was another cardiac arrest game cuz he's come back from behind wins. Um, you know usually this Boston Bruins team is not very good in the last 5 to 10 minutes. It's something of desperation and usually you're pretty much worn out, but this team is resilient, man. They're really coming back and just grinding away at earning points and, and to say the least. Uh they, um since the New York Island is one and nothing loss in regulation on January eighteenth, twenty twenty one, they've got points in eight straight games. So it's just they're climbing the freaking the, the new division ladder per se.
0: Yeah. Um I also wanna bring up uh Captain Zdeno, he got his first goal versus us. So good. Now, everyone has all the first out of the way, okay? You know what I mean? For all that. But um good amount of penalties. I personally, I mean, I, this one wasn't as crazy. But I kind of do not enjoy just a total comeback. Like, we keep – it's great. I'm glad we're coming back. I'm glad we went on regulation coming back. But I, like, really not – I've heard some people be like, oh, you know, is it sustainable or whatever? I think even our friend Maria of Watertown called into the sports on the show, but I, I don't think that's sustainable in the long run. Like I still need them to play 60 minutes. Do you know what I mean? They're playing great and I'm not criticizing, but like who knows what it's going to be like in another six weeks. If you're trying to always be the comeback kids, you know what I mean? And it's good for them overall. They're playing some good hockey though, you know, and that's nice to see, especially again, versus Washington, the teams you're most likely to, See later on. Uh, past an act two goals, of course. I mean that kid's crazy. Like I, he, I'm like he's back. He wants to score 50 goals. He's like, man, I missed six games. I can still get 50 goals, and at his rate, he actually could get the 50 goals.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's been unbelievable lately. Just a, a, a pleasant surprise that I never saw coming. I thought he'd be, uh, he'd need a little more time after a hip surgery, um, you know, procedure and so on. But uh, wow, uh, just like a a, a cannon out of a gun or whatever
0: yeah Um, so I actually went to ask you about your boy Trent Frederick right (sighs) I I understand his role isn't to be like a big time minute eater but he's also only been playing like nine minutes a game I just was wondering if you think given the fact like he's done all right when he's out there you know whatever we always talk about needing to have um, do you Think that maybe because he's not averaging the same time as his line mates necessarily, and do you think that maybe he, not saying overwhelm him, but could be used a little bit more? Or where do you think that maybe they gave him a little more time, they might utilize him a little more?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely, I'm totally on board with giving him more time, um, or trust, and 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 the more time you do that, I think his offensive capabilities will be exposed a little bit more. I know he plays a big, heavy grinding game, and people like that a lot but There's a lot of uh, underlying for, um, you know, attributes that he has that p- folks don't see on a regular, um, if you don't w- have the NHL, I'm sorry, the AHL TV package um, to, to watch games or anything like that or highlights. Uh, the, the guy's got an NHL release. I mean, he's got you know, I mean, a really good wrist snapshot, but he can like, load up a bomb too. but uh, I think that once he's mo- in positions of um, uh, you know, offensive success, I think you're going to see some really good things from Trent who really round out his game uh, along with that grindy sandpaper style that he's uh, got on full display this year, in my opinion.
0: Um, I remember you had mentioned last year uh, that you thought maybe he was falling a little more into like the not fighter role, but that kind of role, maybe uh, to get, it was a strength of his where offensively, maybe some of the other prospects, you know, he wasn't really standing out on that end. So does that concern you, though, that maybe because he's kind of falling in that role, he found a role that maybe he could try to get in into the lineup. And, you know, now he's in and he's been playing that role. Are you concerned any about him maybe not being able to open up more offensively? Just as, I mean, you like Trent Frederick. You've been following him a while. You've been talking him up.
2: I think it goes back to like the way that the the minor pros used to be back on the day. It's like a player like him had to play a certain type of role to get that advancement to the higher the highest level in the uh, in the world. And I think that uh, the way Trent is playing that grinder sandpaper style, that is what Boston is really gravitating to this season to not be pushed around. And I think that maybe uh, before that in Providence they were saying. Trent, maybe get in these dirty areas a little bit more because this is the type of game we want to see a plug-and-play come in. And your chances of getting to the NHL might be this type of style. And I think that when he earns more trust and time, I think that, like we said earlier, his offensive capabilities are going to be a little more exposed. So I'm not worried about his nine minutes he's getting. I think his they're effective and he's making small impacts. But uh, with more time, I'd like to see him get more offensive too, because uh, folks need to see this release. You know, he ha- does have that freaking a real heavy shot, and along with uh, a nice little speed factor too.
0: All right, this is just a question I wanted to throw out to you because I've seen just so many people like the way they react. You know, whatever. New England fans are weird, uh, but I had a question of: Do you think it has to be either or? Either Chara survived on the other end and is fine, or the Bruins survived without Chara, or can it just be like, hey man, Chara's found a new home in Washington is doing awesome, cool for him, and the Bruins are doing well. How do you feel about that? Cause I've seen a lot of like, ha, Chara, see, or like, oh, look at how Chara is doing so well in Washington. Can it just be like, cool? is happening I mean I'm happy for both what about you
2: yeah I mean it is what it is I I, I just want to get off the topic of Chara because this team is basically moved on um, and and they're playing effectively with with his departure and I don't think it's a big loss so uh, I don't know why this keeps coming up it's like almost like I the I told you so people and the factors and so on are all coming out to defend themselves but um I mean, good for him. Good luck, best of luck, and so on. You know, but uh, I just want to move on because what I'm seeing from this defensive core, you might see some small mistakes. It's it that's part of of um, working together in a new environment with two two players that departed, um, two you know good players that departed, and I like what I'm seeing. So I'm I'm not um, hurt about it.
0: No, but that's what that's what my whole point is. Can't we just be happy our team didn't fall off a cliff and that they're still playing good hockey and be happy that I mean, I don't think any of us are should be rooting against Shari either. What did he ever do to us but be a good cap? You know what I mean? Like Only when so we like, play him. We just, Can't we just clap both times? I'm just saying, like, yeah. So, again, like you said, why does it always have to be I told you so? You told nobody so. Everybody had this camp or that camp. And honestly, I thought the majority of us were on board for either way. It doesn't, you know what I mean? We'll be all right either way. It's got to happen. So, that's that. So, anyways, we played Philly two games, Wednesday and Friday. And we, again, more come from behind. You know, win the games 4-3 to three, overtime went on Wednesday and a 2-1 to one win uh, in regulation on Friday. whole lot of penalties going on on Friday's game. Uh, you look up and everybody's in the box. There's standing room only in there. Uh, but again, uh, I can't – Anton Bleed, sorry. I just looked down and saw that. That's a topic for another thing. But anyways, what do you think about playing this round? We got Brian Elliott and Carter Hart this time. Our hearts having a hard time versus what say you about Philadelphia? I I was
2: pleasantly surprised in both of these games uh, that they they've clawed away to get points. Um, but I mean, I didn't expect this at all to be like 4-0 and against Philly in this new division at all. I thought that was going to be a, a big difference. But we, I mean, it just proves that we can play on the road, too, against these heavy teams that I thought would be giving us problems. But. No, I'm 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 good. I'm uh, I like what I'm seeing, and it's just these the it's the cardiac kids, I guess you want to call them, because they are a heart attack waiting to happen. But you know these two points they're just absolutely climbing away, and it's great to see that everything's starting to come together at the right time, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. um, and the way Tuka Rask has been playing, it's like wow, it's 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 uh, that's a pleasant surprise on his back end because he's auditioning for another. Short term, if he wants to stick around or retire.
0: Uh, I did want to point out that I know that special, you know, especially the power play, people have been debating around. But uh, Monday and Friday, we played really well, five on five. Wednesday in the OT comeback was definitely relying on the power play because three of the four goals was on the power play. So that's something to keep watch on the power play. Although the PK has been phenomenal. It That's, really has been so. Absolutely. Anyways, uh, Philly. I know I'm shocked too. 4 no versus Philly, I thought it'd be a little harder than that. But it's also not that Philly's laid down either. So no, these have been um, pretty
2: big battles. You know, yeah. I mean, there's nothing. There's there's no laying down or anything like that. These teams are are here and they're they're, they're here to compete. And and when you when you have a division where y- you know every point is is uh, is so important. Um, beating teams like this and the, and upcoming, I mean, you look at the month and it almost looks like a cakewalk, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't back off on any of these teams that could be surprises, even though that they're lower ranked than everybody else.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's talk about David Pasternak for a minute. Uh, Pasta has four games back. He's fifth in points already on the team and oh, I'm sorry. He's, sixth in points on the team he's got five goals three assists including his ninth hat trick and he tied espo he's only 24 years old what are we going to do with this kid what what a privilege is going to be if we have him and get to watch him like we've watched Bergie and creachy and all of them over the years what say i mean it's hard to not praise him i just love this dude so give him a little props very many
2: yeah i mean just a a kid that just doesn't seem to like he's had a bad day uh comes to work every all the time um ready to work uh grind it out do what he has to do for his teammates and and be that catalyst when it comes to offensive production because this guy is just a a world-class league talent when it comes to um uh, the man advantage and and getting those points so uh, pleasant to see him, uh, great to see him in the fold and, and not lose a step. Like I said before, that hip surgery thing is just like, it's so it's it's a hit or miss kind of procedure that you don't know what you're going to have in that first year uh, back after it because it takes a while to recover fully. But he seems to not miss a step and almost like he's playing at 100%.
0: Yeah, I feel like he's got he's all jacked up on like going to be a new dad like energy or whatever. Like he took the regular pasta energy and now you give him really a reason to go out there and you know what I mean, do things on there. But it's just again, I can't say enough about Pastenac. He's fun and he's not like too crazy, not like one of those young kids. You had to worry about him going out and doing things, which is fine. (laughs) You do things when you're a teenager. I'm just saying when you're unsupervised with lots of money, Um, I just can't wait to just wait and wait and imagine if he does get his 50 because he didn't get to get it last year because of the shutdown so you know maybe we can just add those on okay um i am done with the anton bleed experiment um not because i don't like him as a pro player i just like him on the providence bruins and not the bruins bruins he hasn't done anything to offend me in particular but he also hasn't done anything that makes me feel like of all the choices we have right now, why are you in this lineup? So can you maybe give a little feedback about that? How you feel?
2: Um, I, I want to say that Bruce Cassidy is doing this as a as a as a thank you, and you know the guys have been working hard in practice with the taxi squad and so on. And this might happen for players um, that are on this squad too. Uh, they might sneak in a game here or there, whether it's warranted or not. Whether fans like it or not, I think this is just one of those things that you want to keep these guys fresh and and see what they have when they do get called. Obviously, Anton uh, struggled a little bit in uh, in that game and or oh, since he's been up here, um, but uh, I'm not overly worried about it. The thing is, is is um, he's a valued person in the locker room, whether it comes to the uh, NHL level or the American Hockey League level. So I think that the organization um, is tough on, you know, releasing a player like that to go to Providence because he does have to go through the waiver process. Um, but who knows with that whole thing? If if, uh, if anybody's actually going to be, you know, hounding down the doors to pick him up. I mean, he is a, a fourth liner, third at best, and he's a grinder. He's not going to get you a ton of points, but he's just going to make your life miserable or try to at least anyway. But um, I don't know. Uh, they seem to really like this player, and that's why he's up here now because uh, I don't think they want to just let, let him go to the to um, the feeding frenzy of the waiver process.
0: Yeah. Um, again, I, that's not because I don't think he's a perfectly fine player. He's actually one of those players, you know, um, we've mentioned before, you know, not everybody makes it to the NHL for a long time, but some people make a hell of an NHL career for themselves, you know what I mean, and play. And I respect what he does, but I just – There's so like if this is the season to try out all the young kids, you know what I mean. I understand there's been injuries and so you know that's just that.
2: I I will say one thing about Anton Bleed. He is a very he's such a good character in the in and out of that locker room, especially in Providence. I know last year he was going through some injuries and uh, during the Christmas time and and he was not told to or by contract. Uh, to do anything charitable in this situation. But the guy dressed up as Santa Claus and went around the rink um, around Christmas time last year. And and nobody knew who it was, honestly. Nobody knew it was him. So, you know, that was pretty freaking cool. That's just kind of a little character nugget that you get from watching these games and following the uh, the American Hockey League minor pro affiliate as close as I do.
0: Well, that's really cool. I'm glad you shared that with us because that is... A very selfless act and something good, nice to spread joy, especially but when again.
2: It was cool because he was the, right next to the bench in the glass and he's waving at the players and they just didn't know who it was.
0: <laughs> that makes it even more fun. You know what I mean? Like just, yeah. you know what No one's like looking around. Who could this be? All right. Um, well, this is just a quick mention as of Friday's Philly game. Patrice Bergeron officially has 1,100 games played in the NHL. He's scored six goals, and he has nine assists. He's got four power play goals and a shorty. He's already played at 205 minutes, and he's taken 42 shots, as always, spending at least 20 minutes of ice or so a night. Just want to say, as always, if once a week you don't say how awesome Patrice Bergeron is, it might disappear sooner than we think. <laughs>
2: just- God, he's just a warrior, man. This guy is just ages like wine. It gets better every year or or, or tends to. But, um, man, I mean, I actually thought he'd take a step back with the C on his, uh, on, you know, because the guy's all pride. He really is. And and some things like that to players later on in their career can kind of hinder on, you know, where your thought process is going. But he's all frickin' player. He's all Boston Bruins, and, and, and it's just so meaningful to have him aboard this team and, and the continued growth. And, and even if he retires, I hope he's some part of the organization to give back to these younger players, even in a, a player development role, you know, on his way to becoming a, uh, a general manager or no, the next team president. Move over, um, Cam. Here comes Bergenheimer.
0: Um, speaking of just like war horses, I did want to mention it's not NHL, but it is a big NHL thing. How Patrick Marleau is now tied with Jaromir Yager seventeen hundred thirty three games played. That's crazy. It is crazy. Like, how do you even stand up that long? Right yep. now he's chasing Mark Messier. He might even he has time to pass him. He's at seven fifty six. If Patrick Marleau can squeak out one more half a season, that kid could beat Gordie Howe. And that's just, I just wanted to give props to him real quick, talking about Warriors on the ice and uh, big people for their teams. Okay, um, so we were supposed to play Buffalo uh, Saturday and tomorrow, but we can't because of COVID. Are you getting nervous about the COVID?
2: No, I'm not. This is the team uh, NHL protocol, so uh, somebody came up with a tested and tested positive, so they're doing the appropriate thing. To these games are going to be... Postpone to the uh, latter parts of the season um, until there's an absolute breakout where multiple teams are now being reported. Like, you know, we have 31 teams. If 16 teams are starting if we can get this craziness, then I'll start to um, buckle down and, and start to worry. But as of right now, I just think that they're doing the best that they can with what they can do. Um, you know, this is not a bubble situation where everything is locked down and the players were uncomfortable. This is a situation where there's a little more flexibility to, you know, be a part of the games, um, it, of these, uh, return to play and also be close to family. So you're not, you know, uh, locked down and boarded up and blah, blah, blah. So I just think it's, uh, it's good moving forward. It, the COVID-19, um, pandemic is never good. There's nothing good to talk about, but, how this league is adjusting and making it happen and, and being real critical on certain situations, whether it be hanging out, you know, in a Russian freaking hotel room, uh, with a bunch of Russian guys, you know, I mean, they, they, they did it. They agreed to it per, uh, CBA to the return to play and they paid the price for it. So, um, all these things are going into just how this league has prepared itself. Um, and I think it'll be okay moving forward.
0: um, what I'm more nervous about is not so much like physically players getting COVID. What I'm worried about is what this rescheduling's doing to the schedule and how condensed this schedule already is. And now they have to like look for a day where teams might have had the day off that they can reschedule whatever game and smush it here or move other games and adjust them. And it makes me nervous with the type, Frame They put on their own selves to get the cup awarded by the first week of July. This and that. That's what makes me nervous is can the season get done like without like these guys really just falling apart physically from the you can't ask somebody to play four out of seven games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Days of the week. That's just physically too rigorous. Buffalo will be rescheduled. I know they've been rescheduling it. We'll do that as we go. But we do have three games coming up this week. So our first opponent on Wednesday the 10th and Friday the 12th will be the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden. Uh, they are currently uh, have 10 points. They're 4-4-2, four, four, and two, and they're on a two-game win streak. Obviously, things could change by the time we see them Wednesday. I don't know what their schedule is. Anyways, any thoughts on the New York Rangers, Mark, who are not off to the best of starts?
2: These games are four, five, and six of the current road trip, so I mean you got to just claw away and get as many points as you can. As you've done the previous eight games since playing the Islanders, and the and the Islanders are coming up on this Saturday too, so um, another game that's going to be important um, when it comes to point getters. Uh, but these New York Rangers are a tough one uh, this season. I mean, even though that they are riding the bottom of this new division, they still can be one of those stinker teams that I, I mentioned a little earlier about. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I ov- overall, overall, I'm not impressed with that Shostakin guy at all in his first full season as a as a um, as a starting goaltender. But um, it remains to be seen. It'd be the first time we see these two teams play um this season so we'll gauge it from there because they're going to play another six times in the regular season
0: yeah this uh the bottom of this division this division is actually pretty tight i mean the bruins are kind of sitting atop but we've all played different numbers of things and uh but the rangers the islanders and sabers are all uh tied up within whatever um they all they have the same amount of points and have played each played 10 games. Sorry about the whatever. Uh, we also this week are playing the New York Islanders on Saturday, at 7 p.m. Like I said, they're four, four and two as well. And on a one game win streak, Islanders, another team does, doesn't quite look like themselves. But again, this is a tough division. It's pretty deep and no one's playing horrible hockey, you know, Sabres. I mean, they could all be in it. They all have things. So uh, lots of weapons.
2: Yeah, uh, Simeon Verlamov has been playing really well in goal for the uh, Islanders. I watched the game last night to kind of gauge what I'm going to expect for this upcoming week. Um, but, yeah, you got to get to these guys. Get to the, uh, get to the net. Keep continuing to um, net front presence, shots on. I mean, we're still uh, a team that puts on a ton of shots per game. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I expect, uh, hopefully... Uh, a three straight this week I mean we're playing teams that are lower but so you, you can take advantage of that and I like the idea I don't like the idea that games were postponed or anything like that but um the last time that the Boston Bruins played was Friday uh February 5th so that now gives one two three four days of rest so we'll see how a rested team comes into Madison Square Garden and does play uh one of these bottom teams
0: yeah, that's a good point. So they don't have to play five games in the same span. Now they only have the three games in that week to play. So I guess the one and hopefully that'll work out on the other side of the scheduling though. you know, as we go. But um, before uh, we move on to our next topic, I'm going to take a second and talk about uh, our one of our new ad reads we have here. Blue Chew. Uh, we hear every week we're talking about hockey, which we all love. But you know what else people love? sex. They like great sex. It's true. We all deserve it. And we could all be honest and use more of it. But let's also be honest, men. Sometimes you're in bed and in your own mind, you're like McJesus Jesus on a breakaway for the game winner. And your stick just doesn't shoot off the way you want it to, or maybe you got a little too much dangle and not enough top shelf, but that's okay. It's okay. Let me tell you about blue chew. Blue chew is the first chewable, with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them day or night, even on an empty stomach, so you'll be ready for whenever the game winner is necessary in bed. Whenever the opportunity arises, Blue Chew is made in the USA. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor or wait in line. It's even cheaper than a pharmacy, and they ship it to you in discreet package. No awkwardness, and you don't even have to leave your house. BlueChew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance and build confidence where it counts. And B&G listeners, if you go to BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color, and use promo code BLACKANDGOLD, all capitals, you can receive your order for free and you just only pay $5 for shipping and handling. Again, go to BlueChew.com and use the promo code BLACKANDGOLD, all caps, to try Blue Chew today and enhance the confidence. So the next time when you're trying to go five hole in the slot, everyone can have a good selly. Thank you, Blue Chew. Um, okay, so uh, thank you, Blue Chew. We talked about this. So let's talk a little bit about this uh, team through the first 11 games, right? Uh, they're 8 1 and 2, got 18 points, which is good 81, 82 percent point percentage. More goals for, 34 than against. Uh, the power play is rolling about 33%, and the PK is rolling at 87%, so that's good. Uh, who do you think, I don't know if you have the number, so maybe this is on, but um, who do you think has the most points so far off the top of your head, this little play game.
2: Um. Oh, God. It's got to be Bergeron.
0: Nope, close. Marshawn, he's got 15. They both actually have 15 points, but they just have it broken up a little differently. Okay. Uh, and people say about well, plus minus, but let's be honest. Their plus minus is true. It's true. <laughs> I test confirms. It's just true. kidding. Uh, yeah, the Denver run, they have 15 too. Um, who do you think's third? A guy that I'm very happy to see this happening.
2: Um
0: Oh, man. Uh, it was a fun game. It's a fun game. Craig Smith. No. Charlie McAvoy has 10 points oh through 11 God. games already. He's that's been playing right.
2: unbelievable.
0: Yeah, he's got one goal, nine assists. He's playing awesome. I mean, he's just, you know, he's doing his thing, which is great. He's averaging like 25 minutes a night, so that's good. And uh, then you get Nick Ritchie with nine points, Crichty with nine points, Pasternak with eight. Again, he just shows up and decides, you know, what's up, guys? I'm behind. Let me get twice as much. And then you got Craig Smith. But most people have some points. Uh, uh, the people who have been playing most of the games, you know what I mean, since the season started. So that's good to see. Everyone's letting off shots. Um, Freaking Pasta's already let off twenty two shots. He's just he's crazy. He's yeah. just out there. Like, ah.
2: What's he been but in five um, games?
0: Four games. Four games, okay. Four games. Yeah, four games, eight points, five goals. He's on ice a lot. So um, I just didn't know if you had any thoughts. I mean, I like what I'm seeing. I would like us to be maybe a little more effective on the power play, and I never want five forwards on the power play ever. I don't know why. It's just a personal preference. If it works, it works. But if it doesn't, it doesn't. I know he doesn't do it a lot. Uh, But – other than that, I mean, the team looks all right. Who knows if it can be for the whole long haul, but nobody knows because your team goes through a lot of ups and downs in a season. Everybody's does. Uh, but so far, so good. What's your thoughts? I, I kind of think that
2: it, it scares me the way that they're winning games, but it's also making me happy that they're winning in this fashion, that they have that desperation factor that they they can just uh, buckle down and get, get it done at the end, but... I do want to see more of a 60-minute effort. I know these guys have been playing. They're not slouching. But the offense should be spread out um, to give a a better chance for winning. And and obviously, I give Bruins fans a little rest on the heart. Um, But, uh, you know, if if you can spread it out, make it kind of equal through all three periods, it's a little more comfortable game. But I do like the fight. I do like what could happen if they're down... Um, and in that comfort level, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, they're down three to nothing against the Capitals team and all of a sudden they come back and while, uh, uh, Bruins nations are ready to jump out their own windows. I'm just like, well, let's wait, let's see what happens, you know? And it, and it, and it pays dividends to be relaxed on this team, I guess. And Jack Edwards says it many times in this, in these past, like eight games when they have come back and pretty much clawed their way to get points. So it's all good in the hood.
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, I'd rather them be hot right now because in case at the end of the season when it gets really compact, making up games as they will, things like that. And they already have kind of a compact end of the, you know, the last month of the season anyways. um, So, you know, you got to win. We talked about this, right? You got to win and go out. I mean, who knows what will happen as everybody's team improves or and things like that, you know, but it's certainly I think is I think it's helping them actually. Only having to prepare with as much like transition, everything was going. It's almost better in some ways that we only have the same eight teams to worry about. Do you know what I mean? In the shortened season, you don't have these poor kids having to run tape on, you know, 25 teams or whatever, you know, and well, all of the teams actually at some point. But you know what I mean? I think that's good because through especially this year with how the playoffs are set up, at least like the people who are there and who knows if we do anything at the trade deadline, things like that, but they'll have a lot of experience at least versus these teams and they'll have gained, especially the young kids, enough NHL experience. They're not going to be as shell-shocked like poor Dan Vladar when it's like, Hey buddy, guess what? You're going to net. I mean, I know you weren't prepared for that, but uh, yeah, right now we're going to need you to go get shelled because you were not prepared for this moment, which was no one's fault, but you know what I mean? Just generally. So, and I said that because you do know what I mean generally. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they, I think they're playing all okay. I mean, no complaints. They seem to be, I, I would prefer if maybe we play an even 60 minutes of hockey and not so much like the Washington game was very, very sloppy on Monday, the beginning somewhere in the second period, you know, it went well, but uh, yeah, I, I would prefer a little more not wait till the third period because none of we're all going to stroke out by mid season. If this keeps happening like this, it's exciting. But when I said I don't want to shoot out, I also don't necessarily want to every day have to go to overtime potentially too. uh, that's that. Okay. Let's see. What's the next topic. Um, so the Providence Bruins started back up. I didn't really take a lot down on this because this is your bad boy. I know you did a live stream on Friday, right? Yes. So tell us about your opening day for the the Providence Bruins and their new home in Marlborough, and what you liked, what you, I'm sure you were pumped. Major Friday.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I got out of work early. At noon, and I rushed right home to get involved in, the, in watching the stream. And also, I did a stream yard uh, where we had um, a good guest, Andrew Johnson, from the blackandgoldhockey.com po- uh, uh, website. And, um, yeah, it was, it was really good. It was really different to see the camera angles that were uh, at the uh, New England Sports Center in Marlboro, Mass., uh, that's where the uh, Providence Bruins are going to be playing their their home games for this 26-game regular season. Um, but there were a, real, a lot of good things that happened in this game. Um, the It was like a feeling-out uh, process between the uh, Providence Club and the Bridgeport Sound Tigers in Game 1, but um, the offense really picked up in the second period, um, and that was... Uh, Due to old friend Zach Seneshin, at the 828 mark, he scores his first from Jakob Lauko and Cooper Zek on the power play. And um, and in the third period, like the, the second half of the game, it was all offense. And the first half, it was kind of lackluster, but they still had opportunities to make good plays and so on. But it, like I said, it was just feeling themselves out um, moving forward because these teams are, are going to see each other a lot. But uh, in the third period, newcomer Alex Olivier Voyer uh, got his first, and he was a just a, a buzzsaw out there on the ice. Uh, fourth line player with uh, offensive capabilities, played for Sherbrooke Phoenix in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League last year in his overage year, and had career totals of 44, 44, and 88 points. So something to look forward to as a fourth line grinder with with a with some a decent skill set. Uh, his um, his uh, goal was assisted by Steen and, um, and Nick Wolf. A big defenseman, Nick Wolf gets his first of his uh, AHL career. Uh, moving on to the third period, Samuel Asseline scored his first goal from Jakob Lauko and uh, Jack Ashan. Ashan gets his first pro point And uh, Robert Lantosi scores an empty net. And um, that was actually a power play, empty net goal from Paul Carey and Hughes. And the, and the Asseline goal was a shorthanded goal, which is unbelievable. I mean... Um uh, Lauco comes down on the left side and uh Asseline was just all cocked and ready to fire at one time and, 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 and Lauco just sent some sauce over a defender and got it to uh Esseline who just rifled the top shelf and that was the three to one score. So yeah, it, it was it was a good game. Uh lots of good good things come out of this game. Hopefully it moves forward. Uh, the defense was, was uh unbelievable with um you know Jerho Vakanainen really had a good game, and I hope he continues to move forward in this progression of goodness. Because what I saw on Friday was really solid, and hopefully he can bring that the whole the whole um, the whole season. So and really audition for a spot next year on the uh, NHL uh, roster with uh, some avail some um, you know availabilities with some departures. Who knows what's going to happen with with uh, re-signs of Miller and 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 if more is uh, going to be a, um, a person that might depart by somehow trade or a buyout. I think that there could be an opportunity for him to uh, come up. Um, Curtis Hall uh, recently signed, uh, got injured, so he was seen uh, in street clothes later in the game per Mark Diver. Um, but uh, the fourth line of Shen, Voyer, and Asleen were really good. Uh, the... I, the defense was um, good with uh Vakkanainen and Cooper Zach really mobile. Uh, Nick Wolf and um, uh, Joel Messner were really good as a structural defense and shutdown guys. And uh, Jack Ashan and, and Brady Lyle were, were just uh, really really good. And I thought that, I think that's going to be a really good pair that could possibly even see as high as second pairing uh, for the some of the season. But shout-out to Jeremy Swayman, University of Maine goaltender and, and Bruins prospect, uh, recently signed a three-year entry-level deal uh, after, his, uh, after COVID canceled that season, so, or last season. But he was just stellar. and He looks so sharp, and he looks, he looks good. So hopefully that continues, too, because the goaltending depth uh, looks good in the way that these, um, these coaches, Bob Bissenser and Mike Dunham, have been working with these guys. The goaltender's back in this organization, baby, and it and it needs to be noticed because there's an emphasis on on um, developing now. I don't think that there was back in the day because the limited amount of times that a goaltending coach would actually go down and see some of these prospects. Bringing on a, uh, a former NHL player like Mike Dunham gives him the opportunity to go worldwide. And, and see these guys uh, on hand and give them the tutelage that they need to develop properly and be ready as pros at a moment's notice. And I think that that's what they did with Jeremy Swayman. They really got to him with video. And, and the time he worked with Alfie Michio, the goaltending coach up in the University of Maine, has been something of importance moving forward. So this is this is just awesome. So i um, looking forward to the next game and, and, and hopefully the next live stream. These games are going to be at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and can be seen on AHL TV. If you want to get AHL TV, you got to go to the AHL.com official website, click on AHL TV, sign up for a um, uh, an account. And I think it's only $44 for home and away games, which is not bad at all if you want to see the stars of tomorrow today
0: nice thank you and we're gonna make sure that we start uh now obviously the season's back on we're gonna be adding back in some things that we did a lot so like Mark will you'll always give us a little update on what's going on with prospects and uh whatever uh you know once a week there'll definitely be some kind of Mark will keep everyone updated I know he's my go to guy again not because I don't Mind watching a Providence Bruins game, but as we know, Mark is the guru on knowing how to watch hockey on every level at all given time with his 82 TVs and his (laughs) sheer willpower. He will do it. Well, no,
2: I think it's important for me to add a little bit of the prospects into this show because uh, previous years that we did the uh, Black and Gold Prospect Report with Tim Richardson, we decided to not do that this year because we did bring in on a new uh, Providence Bruins related podcast that's going to help out on the network and that is the Too Many Duns on the Ice uh, podcast. So uh, they released an uh, episode recently so we're we'll um, check that out and follow them on the uh, social media on, on Twitter and also uh, subscribe to um, they're already on Uh, many platforms so that's going to be the podcast you want to go to listen to uh, straight up Providence Bruins talk from two season ticket holders the father and son team of Edward and Eric Dunn so I do want to bring in my because I'm a prospect guy and I like that stuff but I think a little bit a couple minute talk of uh, certain players and so I wanted to give a little information about Maybe something, uh, players that that folks and that watch YouTube and listen on the audio podcast don't have a chance to do. So, if I could add a little bit of uh, some knowledge, which I hope is knowledgeable, uh, that I I I love it, I just love talking about it.
0: And you know, like we've talked about, maybe sometime, you know, who knows if Tim's available, he can hang out with us and you guys can have a prospect guys fun thing, and I'll just sit back and let you guys go and I'll ask questions as we go about it. But um, yeah, so glad to have all the bees back on the ice, I guess, wherever they landed, taxi squads, down there, up there, ECHO, wherever you are at, shout out to all the people in the Bruins system. Uh, good job too with the coaches. Yes, <laughs> too. I don't want to forget all those other people that allow them to go and do that as their athletes. Um, this is kind of exciting. Willie O'Ree was nominated for an NC. NAACP image award um, for his autobiography so he was nominated in a literature category he's against uh, a few other nominees but uh for his game changing story of Willie the game changing story of the NHL's first black player it's gotten rave reviews it's on my to-do list I haven't got to get to my reading list as much as I want to I'm behind on that uh but good for Willie O'Ree. Just now he's going to add one more thing into why Willie O'Ree is so fucking cool. He just is. Yeah. Now he's the – and I I heard a lot of him on the press tour for his book going out. He was on, like, Soul on Ice and thing. You know, there was a lot of different podcasts he was on. Um, but he's just – this guy's in his 80s. I sometimes see people who are in their 80s or whatever, and I think – if I have that much faculty to write a book and do like a whole entire tour about my book while I'm still doing all the other things I'm doing, being an ambassador or something, God, like, I just, a better generation than mine is all I'm saying <laughs> they there, true combat thing. So anyways, good luck, Willie. Uh, the awards are, I believe, March 27th. And uh, who knows, maybe uh, Willie O'Ree will be talking about that on the future, which is a big deal to be nominated, I know anyways, congratulations, Willie. And I guess, uh, congratulations. I don't know how you felt about this. Uh, Don Sweeney was named the assistant general manager of team Canada's Olympic team in 2022. You know, as long as we have Olympics, who knows we might be playing the summer Olympics then. Any thoughts on, uh, do you think Don Sweeney of all the Canadians and all the world, do you think he's who you picked to be your assistant GM?
2: Well, why not? I mean, he's a good Canadian boy from the Maritimes, and he and he does know what he's doing. So it's—I uh, don't think it was a no-brainer. It's one of four G- assistant GMs, uh, but you know, his his uh, his opinion's going to be valued. And and uh, congratulations to him. It's just a, another accolade on the uh, on his career and his tenure as a Boston Bruins general manager.
0: Yeah, that that to me just shows he's gotten a lot of attention as he's been the, especially the GM of the Bruins and obviously the various roles leading up to becoming the GM. Um, I mean, what can you say? Don Sweeney, was GM of the year a couple of years ago. I mean, we as, especially as Bruins fans have watched him, you know, it's been a kind of strange tenure for him because he's got kind of his own set of things going on, but he also inherited it from his previous bosses, the kind of contracts and things like that, trying to work it out. But, um, I mean, what can you do? He's had a cup contender every year. He continued that on, you know what I mean? Tweaked a little bit. We've moved on thus far. We seem to continue on. Again, we don't know. You know, things might still change. As always the trade deadlines and stuff like that. And next year, this team could look totally different once we get into the off season. But speaking of, Sedans- oh, speaking, oh,
2: of, speaking of trade deadline, you know, we have $14.8 million in trade deadline gap space.
0: We're like swimming in we're swimming in cap space. Crazy.
2: Now. So if they wanted to add, they can.
0: Well, if you think about it too, this summer, say we don't even do anything, right? And like like our caps 14, with David Creechy and Rask, who we both agree if at reasonable you know what I mean? Like not yeah. and no one's getting seven mil again. Uh, but we're gonna have like half of our cap space available. That hasn't happened in forever and a day. I know. So that's good. But congratulations, Don Sweeney. And the, uh, just to wrap that up before we go to break, I just wanted to say I saw the funniest thing when someone said, so Team Canada is going to have no more uh, like there's going to be no right wingers on Team Canada. then if Don <laughs> <Sweeney's> the
2: <easiest laughs> Oh, yeah. To so, the narratives were funny.
0: Yeah. So well, I thought the last topic before we go to break, it's a good one to wrap up on. I don't know if you got to listen, but I know this is in your feed uh, and anybody. I mean, I guess. If it's not your cup of tea, you don't listen to Spit and Chicklets. But I would think that most of us that are listening to this podcast or recording this podcast right now like spitting Chicklets. And Charlie McAvoy was on this week. It was yeah. like a couple times on it. It was funny. I, he's just such a personable kid. Like he's a good kid from a good family. You could tell. You love it. And yeah, um, I just wanted to mention that.
2: Yeah, he he was a fantastic interview on Spit and Chicklets. Um, constantly talking about surfing in the uh, on the on the island. Down in Long Island and so on in New York. Um, but no, it was it was it was a great a great episode. Those guys are so funny, man. I enjoy them. I know that they don't get a lot of, you know, great feelings from most people, cancel culture and so on, but I enjoy their podcast and I'm a, you know, a thick skinned person, so I don't get offended by everything. But it's just one of the it's the best hockey podcast in the world. You can't, I cannot believe how successful that podcast has become. And, and, you know, even though Biz has toned it down and become more professional, I mean, he's even dialed it in big time with the way he's been doing this. Uh, you know, we're humans. We're crea- crea- creatures of learning. And, um, and he's just a, he's just a natural at the whole business aspect.
0: He's a good personality. He's also simmered down too because now he has like a girl he's probably going to marry. Exactly. They were even talking
2: about rings.
0: Yeah. I I was like, holy shit. shit." I was like, oh shit. I
2: was like, your girl don't listen to this freaking podcast, man. (laughs) It's like giving it away.
0: Ryan Whitney's like, I don't know if I'm in the minority, man. But like, yeah, you got to be like, what (laughs) kind of ring
1: would you like? You know, say it
0: works out, you be my girlfriend longer. (laughs) And that was funny. Um, See, what I like about that show is I mean, I don't know. Like again, I don't I don't get offended by bar stool. There's shit on bar stool that I just avoid because it's not my cup of tea. And then there's shit on bar stool I really love, like merino or, you know
2: spin yeah. boys.
0: They make me yeah, they make me laugh and I love it because it's like People who actually know the game, right? So we're like fans that are talking about the game. And we know stuff about the game. But we weren't players. It's not stories. It's fun. It's just like buddies getting together, having a few drinks and talking every week. And well, I love it. Also, Nate McKinnon was on that episode, too. And well, can't that, go wrong with him either. That's the big
2: thing about, about a podcast like that is you're getting words of experience. Ryan Whitney played a long time in the National Hockey League with a, a suitcase uh, throughout the league and, and business was was the was the big grinder that you know pretty much played an American Hockey League career and had a really decent you know uh, professional career at the NHL level but it's all those experiences that, you, that they talk about that I find very interesting that you don't hear from a lot of programs these days because uh, players don't want to talk about a lot of the stuff that went on back in the day but these guys do and they make it fun
0: yeah I, I think too that it's definitely uh, a show that you have to be on uh, and be aware of, you know, like it's fun to like, you know, like Ronick learn. Sometimes you have to be aware you are actually on something that other people will hear too. You know what I mean? But yeah. I do think it's a good platform. I mean, again, hockey plays are a little uh, closed lipped by nature, by force or whatever it is, you know, just so I do like that. Especially you hear the young kids, you hear the young suds. like you don't, you don't, People don't want to wait to hear from Nate McKinnon when he's a 75-year-old man talking about back in the day. Like, the kids want to listen to, and I'm not saying, depending on your child's age, you should be letting them listen to Spit and Chicklets. But if you want to listen to all the other parts and then, you know, certain things, hear, like, these young kids' stories and their journeys. Because, like you said, I mean, look at Charlie McAvoy. He was, like, kind of like, oh, yeah, by the way, can you be on the national development team? You know, we think of it now, but... This kid might win a Norse Trophy soon, so well, I, I don't know. I enjoy it. I enjoy a lot of different podcasts. You know, if I want to listen to serious stuff, you got the guys on TSN or whatever. And if you want just to like hanging out with your buddies, make you laugh for three hours, you get the Spit and yeah. Chicklets.
2: But I do want to say something that spun off from this Spit and Chicklets podcast, and he was a um, uh, an appearance or guest was um, Keith Yandel's brother, uh, Ross Yandel and uh and and his podcast with mike motto uh, it's the uh, the rink shrinks have you heard that yep. one yep yeah i mean what a fantastic program for the 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 person that wants to learn like i played youth hockey and so on but i didn't know all this development stuff and so on and how you should do this and that and how you should parent you know parent properly but They bring up so many great points as into, you know, hockey parenting in the day and what the do's and don'ts. But uh, the emphasis on the development on that program is really good and I highly recommend that program as well.
0: Yeah. uh, New England Hockey Journal, right, I believe. Yes, it is. New England Hockey Journal, Ring Shrink. I like that one for the same reason. Remember, I, I I love the Hockey Think Tank for the same reason. You have people who are actually you know, coaching or have experience in development or, or players. I mean, there's a good variety, same thing with the rink shrinks. And it is, it, it's interesting too, especially like as a hockey parent, because I'm one of those crazy hockey parents that doesn't think how many goals my kid scores and might travel. Like say my six year old is indicative of whether he's going to play through Bantam, if he's going to quit, you know, score, you know, this, it's nothing wrong with having drive, but like some parents, we live in a very sports driven culture and something happened in the last 20 years where parents went from like, you know, support your kid. And if your kid is phenomenal, you know what I mean? Push them to like, everybody has to be in every clinic and play their sport year round kind of place. So it's nice to hear them. Like, like I heard, a someone say once about like, why are you running, you know, uh, Certain drills with your squirts, they're nine, they have no idea what system you're trying to teach because they're just still learning how to play hockey. Like, you know, it's one thing to teach to pass, stop running systems, they don't even know what a system is yet. Why don't we relax on that and work on skating and puck handling? You know, so yeah, definitely give all those um uh, thought. What do we have? Are we almost at break time? I'm sorry, lost track.
2: It is, yeah, we're, we're right about there, so we can start to usher in. Uh, Bruce Sullivan, and he is the owner and founder of Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Guys, this is where we get the Patreon financial supporter listener giveaways. If you are on Patreon um, and you donate a dollar to the program, you can get some of these great jerseys, hand signed and fully authenticated. So, and he has other other stuff too. He's got images that um, like Johnny Busek and Bob Joyce and and. You know, linen Baez, these are all hand-signed and all fully authenticated items that I buy for the giveaways. But if you want to get your own, I would highly suggest listening to Bruce and what he has to offer um, coming right up. So we'll be right back.
1: Hey Bruins fans, this is Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our black and gold memorabilia moment of the week. This week at Boston Sports in Music Memorabilia, we are offering the Charlie McAvoy Legend Jersey. This is a beautiful home-away split deluxe autographed jersey for just $299. Or choose from the dozens of photo displays from our exclusive Terry O'Reilly Legend Collection, including your choice of 16x20 autographed special editions for just $99 a piece. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at Boston Sports and Music at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go. <laughs>
2: Hey, Bruins fans. We are back. We just heard from Bruce Sullivan, and he is from the Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia Company. He does a fantastic job. Please reach out to him via email or go to his Facebook group uh, to see all the stuff that he has. All major sports in Boston are covered. Bruins, Pats, Celtics, Sox. All good jerseys, all hand-signed. Uh, most of the time, he has uh, these things private, and they come to him Uh, obviously safe in covid days of course but um the pictures are taken like they uh, recently terry o'reilly sat down with him in in a private signing for a couple hours and signed a ton of stuff so uh, we'll talk about terry o'reilly soon but uh let's get back to the topics miss heather
0: Okay, so um, I, I don't really know a lot about this. I just happened to see, and I didn't know if maybe you knew a little bit about it, but the NHL is considering moving the 2021 draft to next year and drafting both classes next year. Uh, that's a little weird to me, just contracts, trade Why you know, back to that legal, uh, like we talked about when the back-to-play, they're trying to satisfy some contractual things. Uh, but I didn't know if you knew a little more about that, or if you had any thoughts on that. Would that be? I'm thinking of the draft classes. That's kind of weird. <laughs> so <laughs> but...
2: this is what I got. I'm not fully versed or privy into this whole freaking thing. So it's it's um it's new to me, and I have, really haven't done a ton of research because I haven't had time. But um, listening to Elliot Friedman the other day, uh, he was talking about that the 2021 draft could be a 19 year old draft. And the 2022 draft would be a an 18 year old draft, so uh, I don't know how this is gonna this this whole thing is gonna work out. But I heard it was gonna be back to back. I heard it was gonna be uh, the in the same year because of what happened in in recent um, times with with the pandemic and shutting everything down, and no scouts can be in the buildings anymore to to, to go to these games and scout. So uh, it just puts a a heavy heart. Uh, a hit on uh, development and, and, and moving forward. And I think it's important that these these organizations, I mean, there's no real competitive edge here, or, you know, but it. it I don't know. I, I got to really look into, into more of it, but it just doesn't, it's weird. It's
0: very weird. It's not about like making it special and it's your draft year. I just, I mean, that's going to be like a draft week. You can't possibly be, you're going to have to, I think because you might be able to move assets. So if you draft a guy, in addition to how you can kind of trade people, once you, you know what I mean. The other one,
2: the other one that's weird is like, you know, the twenty twenty draft is going to be uh, worked on your standings, right? Yeah. So if you if you bump another one and you have two drafts in the same year, the second draft that you pulled into one, how are you going to judge the standings on that? Because you haven't even played a I, season I before bet- that.
0: Yeah, this I know. I don't think this is anything concrete. It's just something they're kicking around, I heard. But it would seem to me that you would just set the draft this year. You They do the draft lotto and they'd set it as is for, you know, say the quote unquote 2021 draft. And then just have the 2022 be contingent on the 21-22 season. I mean, that would seem to make the most sense. Uh, I don't know. I just just seems like that'd be very busy, but maybe the NHL is looking at, maybe they're worried if they have to push it a little bit, um, this season and adjust it a little bit. I know the CBA says, you know, the cup will be awarded by certain time, but if they forego the draft, you probably can still fit in that. What was it? It's like 56 days or whatever it was that I don't remember, but you mentioned it last year, uh, that you have to contractually have off between seasons. Um, Maybe it just would be easier, given everything going on, to do that. But that seems to me like that's going to be like a 10-day event. Even though the draft days are two days, you're going to have to, like you said, have two war rooms, basically, right, if you're drafting two different drafts. Uh, I, I, As far as I know, there's no one. But what does that do if there was a kid that perhaps could be the next, you know, Alex LaFernier and, you know, or many of the other rookies that this season, I mean, few and far between at the 18-year-olds or 20-year-olds that get drafted and start the next year. But what about those kids who this year could have had a real chance of making the NHL rosters next year, you know?
2: Yeah, I have no idea on this one. It's just so, so uh, I don't know. It's weird.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Unless the clubs, I mean, would that preclude clubs from – Say a player says, you know what, I don't want to be draft eligible this year. I played my four years in college. Now I'm just going to be an undrafted free agent. I mean, would that allow them? You know, it's that's a lot of logistics. I don't know. I'm not putting you on the spot, my friend. Don't expect to. I don't expect you to answer me. I just am putting it in your head because maybe this is something we can revisit, even if they don't make that an official decision, but just kind of like what would happen with some of, you know,
2: yeah, I'd have to look into it. Sorry, folks.
0: Or future, whatever, but that's just something to keep an eye on. Um, okay, so AJ, uh, which is uh, AJ Acuenda, which we talked about, uh, a hockey player in Massachusetts who took the head injury, a couple uh, went into the boards a couple weeks ago tragically. Um, there's a lot of fundraising going on for him right now, and I just thought it was important that we mentioned some of it. Uh, there's AJ's Army, which is a, a whole program that was started in for AJ specifically. Uh, and you can go just look up aj'sarmy.com or whatever, and it will send you to all that information. If there's anybody out there that would like to support, if you didn't get a chance to maybe do the um, what's it called, GoFundMe page, I, that might still be open itself. Uh, but I also wanted to mention um, because Bob Bears reminded me when I, I mean, uh, Bob Sweeney reminded me yesterday when they were he was on the Sports Hub Hockey Show. The Bruins are also their 50/50 raffle they always do for their you know, donations that until next Saturday. So between when you hear this and Friday, uh, the 12th, get in on the 50, 50 raffle. They're hoping to get it up to $200,000 right now. It's like a hundred thousand dollars That 50, 50 raffle. Half of it's going, you know, in the Bruin, you get half, the other half goes to AJ. They're also doing like an auction raffle, which is, um, pretty awesome. There's a lot of, uh, things that they're auction off like uh, sticks and stuff and uh, like teams throughout the league. So if you're interested, if you're a collector, you like, you know, saying, Hey, I have Austin Matthews sticks. This is just some of the sticks and this goes till Thursday. So you have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to get on these auctions. If you want to at BruinsAuctions.com. but this is just some of the names that they have on there uh, of signed sticks they're giving away. Marner, Tavares, Matthews, Krug, O'Reilly, Landeskog, Kevin Hayes, a local kid. You got Konechny, you got uh, Nolan Patrick, you got Jack Hughes, you got Brady Kachuk, you got Eichel, you got Mantha, you got Chari, you got Carlson, you got Avechkin, you got Backstrom, you got Stamkos, you got Hedman, all these like just, you know, dry sidle, just people around the lead, McDavid, just all these clubs have donated these things to help. Uh, again, like we talked about last week, this hockey, hockey is a community and the community is coming together. So if you have the money or you're a collector, maybe some of those names, that's not all. I mean, there are other people on there. Go and visit that and support and help the Quent fi- family get through this. You know, I, I know everybody wants to do something in times like this. And what we can do is buy some 50 50 raffle tickets and we can do that's the minimum we could do. So everyone go out and do that. Okay. Any thoughts on that, Mark?
2: Yeah, uh, the more the merrier, and, I, and the last time I checked this morning, I believe that the GoFundMe page was close to seven hundred thousand dollars. So that's really cool for um, for everybody and organizations and to uh, to donate to uh, such a good cause and um, a tragic accident. You know, I mean, uh, it's hopefully he gets he gets better. It's just uh, that sucks when this shit comes around. It's just I hate. I hate on ice accidents with spinal cord injuries or potential. We haven't really gotten a diagnosis yet of uh, of what AJ's, um, you know, life is going to look like in the future. So, uh, but continue to have positive thoughts for him and his family and just a, a class act from everybody out there that's reached out and done that uh, donated so far.
0: Yeah, it's really, really great. So let's keep it going because either way, no matter what, obviously we're hoping for the better end of things. Uh, but it's going to be a long road for him, you know? And, uh, but as we've seen in other warriors, like the Travis Roy's of the world, uh, you
2: know, there can
0: be life after things like this. And, you know, we just want him to be healthy and be able to be back with his family to the best of his ability. Okay. So going from that, um, that seems irrelevant now compared to something as grave as that, but I put out a random Twitter poll. I think we're all over the perfection line. I think the Boston fans the most hate it. Uh, but, The production line won with 46%. The other options were the consistency line, which got 17%. You're jealous of our line, 21%. And the Terminator line got 16%. But I also, Mark, got some really interesting suggestions that could have been on the list. Like the comeback kings. I didn't write down who said these, so I'm sorry. Thank you to everyone who replied to me on Twitter. Um, stop, Stop us if you can line. That line that will beat you eventually. You're fucked now line, which is a good <laughs> one for them. Um, no wonder the power play is so good line. It's a beautiful line. Uh, what the fuck just happened line. <laughs> and this was, I think, though, took the creme de la creme. We get shut down in the playoffs line. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, true. Uh, true. Funny, but yeah, true. I'm sure exactly. they were razzing, but, um,
2: ha- Hashtag hockey, ha- hockey humor.
0: Yeah, um, I thought about sending out that poll because someone had sent out on Twitter the other day during the game, like, stop calling it the perfection line. Yeah,
2: it's just, that's over.
0: It's been used. It's been over. But anyways, thank you to the 100 people that voted in my random Inga poll. Um, I sometimes just like to do random polls because, again, crazy shit goes on in my mind. And I like to just see if anybody else wants to go on for the ride with me on that. Um, Okay, so... Mark has some prospect moments, shout-outs. I know you already talked about uh, the Providence Bruins, but I know you had a few others on the list. So I'm going to give you another couple minutes to do your prospect thing, or however long you want it as your show.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to give a couple shout-outs. And I think I might do this uh, just a, like a prospect moment. But um, Kyle Kaiser, he's been down in the East Coast Hockey League, and he's with the Jacksonville Icemen, who is technically um, – they haven't made it official that this is an affiliation, a double A minor pro affiliation with the Boston Bruins and the Jacksonville Iceman. So, but it's kind of weird because when players go there, it's called reassigned. And that's how it used to say when the Atlantic Gladiators, that were previously the Boston Bruins double A minor pro affiliate, would say when players went there. Um, I would think that if you were loaned, it would say that, too. And I've I've been around minor pro hockey to know a loan and a reassignment. So why not just come out and say it's official that this is your minor pro affiliate? But anyway, Kyle Kaiser has been down in Jacksonville playing for the Iceman for the season. Um, Rough start. Let's let's just go back to when he was in the OHL playing with the Oshawa Generals. Had a great year, 32-8-3. Good numbers, 275 goals against, uh, 91 save percentage. Um, really good things coming out of him before signing pro. But in that year, he had two concussions. So his first year of pro which was supposed to be a really good one, either in the East Coast Hockey League or some at some points in the American Hockey League with Providence. Things just got, came back. He got another concussion, got injured, and his year was pretty much just um, over. He did get in a couple of games down in uh, Atlanta last year um but um this year with the um the jacksonville iceman uh he appeared in six games his first six games just to give you a a microscope his um his goals against was approaching four and his save percentage was uh way under 900 it was at, at at 892 but recently he's getting more trust i think uh the way he's been playing his work ethics uh, training, blah blah blah, whatever you want to call it, has been so much better. Um, but in the last four games, he's given, uh, he's got a goals against average of 1.25 and a 951 save percentage. I'm sorry, 957 save percentage in his last four games. Um, he's got a, he's getting uh, nine appearances in the coast. Well, he's got a 2-6-0 record and, and a 258 goals against average and a 918 save percentage. So those four games, he's really flipped the compass around to uh, to play better and be more of a workhorse on the back end to give the the uh, uh, the Jacksonville Iceman team that is not very good. They're sixth in the uh, in their conference, so uh, not sure what's going to happen with that. But it's good to see that he's getting more confident in net and uh, not giving up four or five a game on a regular basis. The second player I do want to mention is Mason Lowry, which is the 2020 Uh, First round, I'm sorry, second round pick of the Boston Bruins. Big defenseman, uh, 6'4", 205 pound uh, monster. But he's just a point producing madman. And uh, he snapped a four game point streak with a uh, loss to the Chicago Steel by the score of 93 last night. Uh, But the big 6'4", defenseman has 10 goals, 20 assists, 30 points in 22 games played. And he's, he's offering up a 1.36 uh, point per game percentage, which is it, it's really good to see in his development. And I really can't wait to see what, what that style of game in the USHL right now with the Green Bay Gamble is, is going to translate to when he goes to the NCAA and, and plays for Ohio State, which he's committed to. Um, but we're definitely seeing really good things of why the Boston Bruins went outside and reached as they as they are known to do on several drafts in um, Don Sweeney's tenure. So lots of good things. I mean, I, I'm crazy to say it. I understand it because nobody's like him and nobody will ever be like him. But some like comparisons when you watch video, his moves and his for a bigger a defenseman, a bigger blue liner. His shoulder movements and so on really fake out a lot of players like the days that Bobby Orr used to do it back in the day. I know it's probably a tough comparison for people to understand. I get it. Just get over it for just this one second. But just the way he moves and uh, creates space, always head up, looking at the lanes, seeing for stretch passes, but also gets involved offensively with a big cannon shot and uh, gets down low uh, regardless if it's a power play or not. Um, he's got confidence. and He's got swagger. So uh, he's probably going to be a next big defenseman. Just hopefully, um, you know, it comes sooner or later. But I expect him to be a full four at Ohio State, and uh, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, kids, not these days are getting out earlier and earlier. So um, it, it's just a good work in progress for this Boston Bruins organization. When defense is always at the top of of um, what needs to be done and built therein. So. That's all I got. Yeah,
0: I've, I've seen a little bit of clips on him. It makes me happy as Ooh. someone who likes to concentrate on the back end. I'm like, okay then. Let's yeah. You know, like you said, I was. We're often times seem like we're reaching on a draft or whatever, but I'm like, whew, so far so good. If you know what I mean. Yeah,
2: it's just um, crazy. It's just crazy the way he moves and just a, a, sh- a sudden shoulder fake for a big body like that will fake out some really good young players. It's uh, it's good to see as you move forward, but. It, Every level that he's going to progress, you know, uh, these players are going to be, you know, they're going to know about these shoulder fakes and what he does because the books on a lot of these players these days with the internet is just absolutely crazy.
0: Yeah. And I do believe, too, that, uh, remember we talked to Steve from the draft analyst before that. Uh, and he was someone that said, keep an eye on. It. He was one of the few people that he said, you know, feasibly with where we had our picks, that might be a good pick for us. And, future's looking bright on that kid. And, um, shout out to everyone, you know, that Mark mentioned, he again, keeps us in the loop on what he sees the, uh, prospects, young kids slash whatever in the system and, uh, something to keep on. And again, just to reiterate, for those of you who also really enjoy the prospect stuff, we're going to make sure that Mark gets at least a chunk of time a week to kind of give a little update of what's going on that he thinks is important for us to all be in the know. Um, Okay. Did you want to talk a little bit about uh, Cadence Crusaders?
2: Yes, I. We are going to be doing a thing, a nonprofit. We're going to help out a a good cause in the in the area of Massachusetts that we live in and we're recording in today. So Heather and I grew up in this town, and we have a, a real good appreciation of of what's being good done in this town. And this is, I think, this is a, a really good organization, and, and it's for. Um, uh, I don't have it up right now because I I'm terrible at this. Um, it is uh, pediatric cancer and awareness, and it's a nonprofit. So what we're going to be doing is I worked with Bruce Sullivan who we just heard not too long ago at the uh, the Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia Company. And uh, I bought a, a hand signed Terry O'Reilly Jersey, uh, which was a little it, was, it wasn't g- overly expensive, but it was enough. But I thought it was a good idea to that we if we bought this jersey, and um, and we and we raffled it off with 100 percent of the uh, profits going to this organization, uh, and to spread awareness and so on. But well, we're going to be starting up a GoFundMe, and we're going to set a goal. I'm not sure what goal that'll be, but regardless of if it's met or not. Um, 100% of the profits will go to Cadence Crusaders and, uh, and leaders, especially my friend, uh, Joe Hamill. Um, I love Joe. She's awesome. I call her Mama Joe for a reason and, uh, I want to help her out and so on because she's done such a great things, uh, for this and, and obviously, uh, been a part of, um, the grieving process of losing a young one to, uh, just a terrible disease. So, um... Yeah, so we're gonna raffle off. Uh, I think we, we haven't started set a, a, a dollar value yet, but I want something that's going to be feasible to everybody. That they, um, they, even if you don't make a ton of money, you can still be involved. Probably like a five or ten dollar, whatever. We're just to try to maximize our fundage to give to this awesome organization. But if the goal is met or not, regardless, we're going to set a timeline. If and once that happens, if we're gonna raffle it off, so. Like I said, all one hundred percent proceeds are gonna go to this, uh, to these these great people, to keep the uh, the word out worldwide about um, you know young people suffering the an awful disease. I'm so, I can not even talk about it. So uh, just glad to help out, and I thought it would be a, kind of a good thing for us to get involved in something like this because it's our community, Heather. So thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, big thing in our community, um, Keaton. Lived a very short life, unfortunately, but um, touched many people, you know, alive. And uh, I think it this is directly impacts, uh, you know, how you can take tragedy and turn it into something that can maybe help other people and uh, help maybe in the future. And, you know, cancer sucks anyways, but childhood cancer is the worst. And, you know, I, I unfortunately think we've all been maybe touched with a young one that had to go through it and they they handle it like champs you know yeah. what i mean they know yeah. no other way uh so yes please get involved mark we'll get we'll get more details out as that develops
2: i am going to write an article about it and i'm going to have the gofundme involved with uh, and i'm going to do a video about uh our mission to help out this uh, this great organization so keep an eye out for that but we'll also be mentioning it uh, every so often on here to go to this certain GoFundMe, and I will link that in the show notes on on every uh, episode moving forward. Uh, I'm not sure how long it's going to last, whether it be a month or two months, whatever. But um, we just want to get as much money to these great folks as possible to spread the uh, to spread awareness. Yep.
0: All right, and I'm sure the BNG listeners will uh, help us achieve that goal. So here we go. Uh, yeah, details going. Let's go. You know, it takes. You know, it's funny people say it. it's like, no, but maybe one person can't do it alone. But if, you know, a thousand of us try and do it, then maybe we can get it done, you know. So, um, OK, so uh, just a quick thing. Um, we were totally hoping that the Boston Pride would win the Isabel Cup this weekend on national TV. But unfortunately, the NWHL had to cancel their season. Uh, the Riveters had left. The Whale had to withdraw because of the COVID concerns and they called it a season. I do want to say pride. You had a rough time in the bubble. You played a hell of a series, three games versus the Buttes to, you know, get seated. It was, I was couldn't wait to see them, but unfortunately um, uh, with the other ladies, they did not get to complete their season, but I'm glad they got to get out there for a little, drew a lot of attention, uh, good, bad and ugly <laughs> this season to the thing. And uh, next year, hopefully between now and then everyone will follow the pride. They'll get involved. They'll pay attention as the draft happens, everything else. And, uh, We're just proud of you, Boston Pride, for going out and representing. And uh, Jillian Dempsey's a house. She really is. She's just, I, I can't. There are very few people who, the way watching her. But that's that. Sorry. We're very proud of the women, though, for doing the best they could in the NWHL for trying to get it done. The best they could. Now they weren't in a full-on bubble the way what we thought of uh, how the NHL players did, and that might have been some of it. And you know, also we all know COVID's a weird disease. They could have all tested negative and then got in there and then positive tests happen, and it was more, I think, out of a precautionary than an actual full-on outbreak of any sort. But who knows? So, all right, are you ready for some ask, hashtag Ask BNG questions, mark All right, get in. your thinking cap on. I'm in. Ready? Let's do it. So, John, oh, I just saw I had uh, must have asked you a few days ago uh, watching the games this season. My questions question is that after Kasha and DeBrusque are healthy, do they have a spot in the lineup? Bjork and Frederick have shown more promises for the future on the third and fourth lines. So I say package those. Uh, I do want to say Grizzly and DeBrusque are expected probably to play when we play Wednesday yeah. and be back in the actual lineup. Um, that's what I heard, but I don't know that to be true. So, Mark, any thoughts on that? Is
2: that Uh, feasible? I I don't know. I mean, we're going to get these players back. How are they going to fit in the lineup when the team is actually doing really well without them? Um, It's a tough one. I'm not good with the whole roster management ideas or opinions, Um, but I'm all for whatever works. I'm all for whatever uh, Bruce Cassidy and staff put on the ice. Um, i shake i have a couple shake my head moments like with the uh, the anton bleed that's a big he- you know head shaker uh and parlin home that's a head shaker but it's like i said earlier i think that the, it's that's Bruce Cassidy just saying we see that you're working hard and you want to crack the lineup this might be one of those thank you keep everybody fresh and get ready for what's to become when you are needed at a moment's notice and if it, if you did have a bad game like parlin home did that game or Or Anton Bleed, that you have time to recover and and figure it out and don't do those mistakes ever again.
0: Both Kasha and DeBrusque are expected to be in the starting lineup. They get paid to be in the starting lineup, regardless of pay. Now, people get benched, but let's be realistic. There are the people who are the people on the roster. And then a lot of these, some of these young kids would have got their chance this year, but some of these guys are only here because Kasha and Debrusk are out. I can see Kasha. Now, we haven't even heard about Kasha. He might never play. I don't know. I have no idea. We haven't really got any updates on him. Uh, so I don't think that's so much of a worry. Uh, but Debruska is going to be in this lineup. I really so. If anything, to see if at the trade deadline, they're going to package him with anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, are you going to earn your contract, stay here? like So... Uh, that's just my thought on that. Like I can expect, I don't know when Kasha will be back. It might be easier to bump him out of the lineup. Cause he's never really earned the spot in the lineup. And by that, I mean, he just hasn't played the time he obviously was expected to play there, but that's just me. Like you're going to see DeBrusque. It's nothing against Frederick or Bjork. You know, I love Bjork. You love Frederick. We like them both there, but we also have to be realistic. Like Jake DeBrusque is going to end up back wherever he ends up playing. Seems he's been bouncing around lines because of the injury. Uh, but that's just my thoughts on that. Thank you, John. Oh, uh, let's see what else we have here. We have lots of them. Okay, so Northern Light Sports, uh, they have a lovely uh, Super Bowl 55 logo going on right now. Said, what moves do you think the Bruins team needs to make to win the Stanley Cup this year?
2: Uh, I'm going back to um, the uh, another forward, a sniper, uh, and a defenseman. I know our defensemen have, have played well. Um, but I, I don't think that we have currently the, what, what is needed for a back end to, to, to make a serious Stanley Cup or that one forward to add more offensive depth um, and, and secondary scoring and addressing those needs. Do I believe in this team? They, they can do it? Absolutely. I think that they is a possibility. But when the question's asked on what is needed, I think you still need those two to be successful in today's NHL and even in the future.
0: I definitely think we – i I'm more still concerned about defense for the long haul, not because anything Zaboro and Lozon, I and Clifton, like, they're – I think they've been playing all right. You know what I mean? I think they've been doing just fine, holding up their end of the bargain. Uh, for me, I think that we still probably at the trade deadline to make a deep – you know, really win the cup. I think we can win the division as is, but I don't think we can win the conference, quote-unquote, or the cup in – with the current we are gonna need that last push of a little more experience a little more toughness and again that is not a slight on the young kids on the back end they are holding their own and they're trying but like i said come game 80 it's going to be a different ball game especially when once we're out of our division say we get to those other two rounds you're going to see teams you haven't seen before you know more um familiarity maybe with the opposition, things like that, it is going to come into play. So again, I still go back to, I'd like a nice 26, 27 year old defenseman. We can have around for a couple of years if we're going to have to drop asset or money or whatever to get it uh, just to shore it up. And that might be a process of just trying to figure out which of these young kids you're really serious about, like could be a future. Maybe you have to package, unfortunately, one of them. You don't want to see any of the young kids go, but You know, if that's what has to happen at the trade deadline. But then again, come trade deadline, we might be like, damn, I don't think we should do anything to this team. Leave it right where it is. Look at Andre Kasha's got 30 goals, man. Why do we want to trade anybody? No, I'm just kidding. But if Nick Ritchie has 30 goals, I'm seriously going to poke my eye Uh, out. It's not because I wish him ill. It's just I really don't want him to be good. I really just, uh, he's doing well, but I still just don't like him on my team. I just don't want him here. I'm sorry, I'm an asshole. Makes me a bad person. I don't care. Thank you very much. Uh, Northern Lights Sports. All right, we got Nanook the Bitch says, what are the expectations for the Bruins for the rest of February? It seems to be an easy part of the schedule. The Rangers four times, the Islanders twice, the Devils twice, plus the Flyers with a five-day rest. Seems the Bruins have a chance to push home their advantage. I... W- I w- oh, sorry, I just want to finish. She said fourteen. They said 14 points or not. Uh, still hot or not.
2: I want them to just continue to do what they're doing right now and, and, and create ways to get those points. Um, Like I said before, I'd like to see it more in a 60 uh, minute effort instead of just a five minute effort at the end when you're in desperation mode. But um, yeah, you have a chance to take um, some points from teams that are lower in the uh, standings, but those are also teams in Austin Bruins history that have been stinkers in the past that, you know, you, you play down to their level, and you and you give up a lot of points. So um, don't do that, <laughs> and just come out swinging because uh, you know these teams are going to be, you know, there's no pushovers in this in this division. there might be lower seeded uh, members of the of the division and so on. But nobody's a pushover, and in the way this team has been playing, there's no excuse that they can't go into New York and take two and possibly play uh, the third of the week against the Islanders. And be the same and, and you know, then take another rest of this if it's allowed after that and then continue on moving forward.
0: OK, so um, this one's going to be a little bit long because I'll, I'll just kind of summarize a little bit about the rules as we know it. But Chris Blackie had asked, can you break down the expansion draft and how it affects the younger Bruins players? I do have my favorite reference article uh, that we can just kind of blow through it real quick. Well, and go then, ahead. Markie, I'll
2: be right back, Heather.
0: Okay. You can give us the thoughts. So, um, so it's the same rules as Vegas. Seattle has to choose a minimum of 20 players under the 2021, 22 regular season. And those, uh, have to be based on 60% of, they have to spend at least 60% of the year before is a value on those players, Seattle cannot buy out players chosen in the expansion draft earlier than the summer following its first season. So every team has to protect, uh, can protect seven forwards, three defensemen, one goalie, or eight skaters, forward and defensemen, and one goalie with certain conditions. All players must move uh, clauses at the time of the draft. Um, So anybody who declines their waiver clause, must be protected and will count towards the cap limit. So towards those seven players and one goalie, all first and second round NHL players and all unsigned draft choices are exempt from selection and dumps. So we have first and second year players or anybody who has not signed uh, draft selections that have not signed. They don't count towards that limit of protection. Uh, All player, all teams must meet these minimum requirements regarding players exposed for the draft one, you have to expose at least one defenseman who is under contract for the 21 22 season. And they had to have at least. So they either have to A, have another year on their contract for that 21 22 season. So basically, Seattle gets their contract. Or they played 40 games, as we alluded to before about like John Moore, or played at least 70 games in the prior two NHL seasons. So. You have to also do the same thing with at least two forwards, okay? So you have to expose those players to being picked up by Seattle. You also can have one goalie. You have to have one goalie who's under contract for the next year or will be a restricted free agent at the end of their 21-22 contract, okay? So if they elect to make restricted free agent goalies available to meet the requirement, they have to have received their qualifying offer, okay? Mm -hmm. Players with potential career injury injuries cannot be exposed. So like if you're on IRL just because you don't know,, <clears throat> you know what, if it's like totally thing, you can you are exempt they are exempt from selection unless they get it waived. Do you know what I mean by the NHL specifically. So that being said, I'm not really sure what that is uh, says about the Bruins, but we do have a lot of one year two- year players. Uh, but a lot of them, even though they might be sec- technically second year of their contract, have not necessarily made their 70 NHL games over the two seasons. So they might be end up being exempt just because that's not only it. There are other things about, um, you know, if you're a free, if, if you're a restricted free agent, you have to be offered your qualifying offer. If you reject the qualifying offer, then you can be exposed. If you kind of sit on it, you can't. We talked about this maybe with Tuca because, He's a UFA, but you could give him a qualifying offer and technically still, you know what I mean, if he accepts it ahead of time, blah, blah, blah. So um, I guess my question for you not, not to, like, veer off of yours, Chris, that's just a quick breakdown, uh, but I'm sure you're talking about especially the younger players. So, Mark, I don't know if you have kept Friendly up or you tend to know a little bit more about just generally what the contracts look like. I don't I don't know, and maybe, Chris, next week we can do another little, like, ex- Extension on this so we can do a little more research on it. But our, I guess my question to you, Mark, off of this is, Are is there anyone you're afraid of exposing? Like, as much as we're trying to get John Moore to his 40 or 70 games so we can try to expose him, are there any of the younger kids you're worried might not be able to be exempt because they're in weird places in their contract years and stuff?
2: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not totally privy on this, on all of this stuff, so... Um, this is stuff that doesn't happen on, on a regular uh, year-to-year uh, season, so I don't really get caught up in it, but it's, it's a tough one to think about. I do know that if you bring in a defenseman, then one of your defensemen like Grizzly or Magavoy are probably going to be exposed. That's something I wouldn't want to do, even though many folks are saying, well, Grizzly would be the, the, uh, the one to do it, but still, I, I believe in, in Matt and so on, but... Uh no this is one that I just I I can't I really don't want to offer an opinion about because the fact is I don't know enough about it. So maybe we should do something like that is just um get back in touch with each other over the week and ch- try to figure out something uh to possibly bring into an agenda.
0: All right so Chris Blackie thank you for your question our friend we are going to table that discussion until later. Yeah come
2: back next week Chris we'll we'll yeah, get a little more involved will... with a with a topic instead of an aspi g.
0: We might even call it the Chris Blackie draft protection update.
2: He'll have his own agenda topic. That's awesome. There you go. And well, thank you, Chris, by the way, for all the support.
0: Okay, so Chad McVean uh, asks a few questions. Okay, ready? So question number one, how do you feel about the young D now? He's pretty pretty happy himself.
2: I love it. I love the way that they're working together and the, and the trust that the um, Kevin Dean is given and Bruce Cassidy, obviously the bench boss, um, and... Let's see how we get here. Let's see what we got up here and and because some of these guys are up for these are auditions for next season's work. And if you believe in the youth and you want to continue uh, with them, then sign them appropriately. but um, if you don't, if you think it's still a scary situation, uh, the off season is definitely a time to address that and try to go for it next year when you have a little more cap space. I'm hearing we could have up to thirty six to thirty eight million in availability so uh hammer what you need if you can't win it this year uh in the offseason for next year because that's the appropriate time to do it
0: um i go back to the previous comment i still would like a you know kind of medium veteran defenseman especially if we this year we have a real chance of winning i'm not saying bet the farm if you don't but like if we're really still steamrolling uh i I like how the young D is playing. Our defense is playing well and I like what I see and I love what the young kids are doing. Do you know what I mean? Given their first chance. Um, but I also, like I said, I would like to leave the option open for an April, maybe if we can get somebody on the back end a little bit. But I definitely, I'm happy with what I've seen with them. I think that Lozon and Zaboral, I mean, yeah, have they made a little bit of mistakes? Exactly what you expect from these kids. But do I think that they look solid? Do I think like they look like they're out of sorts on that back end? No, absolutely not. I think that they are. I mean, I still think I like Zaborle up with McAvoy a little more. I know they flopped him back and forth a little bit. Uh, I'm happy Zaborle's getting a little attention because I think he kind of gets overlooked. We always focus on, uh, you know, Frederick and uh, was Frederick that year? Who were the 2000, the Seneshan and the Dabrowski and like whatever that? line was but Zaborl's like a first round draft pick isn't he
2: yeah Zaborl like, Zaborl Jabrosk, and we were all in the same uh, yeah, all three together
0: r- yeah in a row and uh I-, I just think we focus a lot on Senishin, how he's not necessarily quote-unquote living up and about how Jabrosk has been up but we don't talk enough about how zaborro seems to be showing exactly what he was expected to be so that's on that so uh what does the lineup look like when everyone is healthy? We kind of see. I, I'm not a good lineup.
2: A I'm not a good lineup guy.
0: I think it's hard to tell too, because there are a lot of surprises. Like I don't think any of us expected Nick Ritchie to be like your fifth best point getter at this point in the season or ever. Um, and things like that. So I feel like this year we're like torn between two teams. Yeah, it's moving on. We're getting a new look. You know, we're developing what will be the team. Nobody's willing to give anybody up, but we can't keep everybody. Uh, I go back to, like I said, I mean, I hate to see Bjork out of the lineup. I like him. Again, I'm not Trent Frederick guy, but he's played his way in and should be there. I don't think he should necessarily get bumped. Uh, But we also have to be realistic. Like, is coming back in this lineup. Kasha might be coming back in this lineup. Again, no update on that injury. You know, you might have to bump one of the – Grizzlyk's going to be back. You're going to have to maybe bump one of the young kids, you know, I mean, without that. So uh, I just – it's hard to tell because there's so many surprises of who are playing maybe beyond our expectation, but I don't really want to lock it. like, I don't want Nick Ritchie on the second line. Like for me personally, I would rather Ritchie go back down to the third or fourth line and Frederick vice versa. And I would rather plug Anders Bjorkin over on the right side if we need to on the second line, right wing or whatever. That's just me. Uh, I think it's still a little hard to tell though. Um, and do we see Stanika making a significant contribution or is he an AHL for the year, Mark? Uh,
2: I think he's just got to get healthy. I think he got banged up a little bit not too long ago. And they're a little tentative on getting him back in the lineup um, at this point. So uh, I think I think he'll make his contribution uh, in the lineup So and, and stop being a regular again. Um, but if that's something they don't want to do, he does have the capabilities and the uh, availability to go right through the waiver process. Uh, and go to Providence to play um, regularly. So, And that would just add to a sick lineup down there because I'll tell you, this you think about the youth movement up in the NHL level with the Boston Bruins, there's definitely one going on down in Providence, and it's a lot good to see after after game one.
0: Stanika, I think that a lot of expectations were put on him. Again, I'm not judging him. He had five games or whatever, six games, before they really pulled him out. I know him and Bjork were kind of playing musical chairs for a minute. I think that that this goes back to what we talked about. I do not expect this kid to be the stud that everybody... He might be a stud someday, and he shows great promise.
2: Pun intended. Like you
0: said, he's also, yes, pun intended. He's also young, and he got, you know, this is what we expect from young kids, right? They get a little banged up when they get into, like, the next level action. And that's not a judgment on him. It just it happens to the best of them. It happened with Carson Coleman when he came up. It happened, you know. Well,
2: that's part of development though, is it creates more um a learning process for um, you know, what to be ready for. Yeah.
0: And it's gonna have to be a decision though made because in the end, you're probably not gonna have Stanika and Bjork in the lineup. If you decide to keep Frederick. Do you know what I mean? If you yeah. if you keep Frederick in the lineup. But what does that lead? Does that lead to if Nick Ritchie starts all of a sudden falls off? Like <laughs> You know what I mean? Like now we're looking at Richie's getting benched. I don't know. It's it's hard to tell, but I don't think Stenika is going to be the Stenika everyone expected this year. And that's okay. If it, that ends up, he ends up in Providence. So we never see him back up again this season. Great. Next year is another crack at it. And uh, we'll see him then. He's played well, but he's also shown a lot of mistakes like young forwards do, especially on the defensive side of things. Um was that it? Oh, and his last question was, are you happy with Richie?
2: <laughs> he's a listener. He loves he loves listening to you battle about I... Richie. Listen, if he's putting the puck in the net and he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, then, yeah, I'm happy with him because he's he's uh, making small impacts to, um, um, to wins and points. And if he's not doing those small impacts and he's not doing nothing and he's gliding around, then I don't want him on the team like he was uh, last year when that trade happened. So, uh, no, I mean, he's definitely showing me up and my words I'm of displeasure for keeping him around or not buying him out. But, you know, if he if he's helping, it's a good thing.
0: Um, yeah, see, this goes back to what I always say. I will never root against my own players. I stomached Jimmy Hayes, didn't I? <laughs> year after year, it seemed like 10 years, it was only like two or three, but still. I don't have to like you. If you have black and gold on, I am going to always want you to do well. But like I said earlier, Nick Ritchie is not my cup of tea. It's just not, he's just not Bruiny for me. He's just, he's playing well, but yeah, at the same time, just because I don't like him, like if he's producing and he's doing his job, I'm not asking for the coach to take him out either. I'd rather just stomach <laughs> Nick Richie in my lineup. You know what I mean? As long as, he's doing things. So, I mean, also, I mean, he's still kind of a young kid. I mean, I want him to at least have trade value. If he does fall off the cliff, they can look and say, yeah, well, you know, he he got nine points in 11 games though, right? Like, you know, Um, yeah, but yes, Chad, I I don't want to say I'm happy with Richie. I'm just happy that Nick Richie is not last year's Nick Richie. Although now I cannot start dealing with the Nick Richie hair memes that are going along with his hair sticking out of his helmet Now I'm going to fixate on that every time he's on the ice. So I'm not happy with whoever came up with that first meme because now I can't get it out of my head. Uh, Yeah, that's that. I'm pretty sure that is all the Ask BNG questions for this week. If I forgot you, I'm sorry. I'm just doing a double check. I believe that's all of it. Um, And Chris, we'll do another segment on the expansion draft more next week when I can actually look a little more about contracts and try and see what the rules are. Okay. Well, that's it. Do you have it this week in Bruins history? What are you doing? Do you have that this week?
2: Yes, I. and this is supplied from Mike Comito on Twitter, at Mike Comito, fantastic follow, big history guy when it comes to uh, the game of hockey. On this day, which is February 7th, 2021, in, 1920, in 1992, the Boston Bruins acquired Adam Oates from the Blues in exchange for Craig Janney and Stefan Kintel. So that is an interesting day today in Berwin's history.
0: Okay. As always, you know me. I like history. I like the facts. That's my thing. I love it. I love that you're bringing that to the show every week. Um... Uh, Mike Comito, if you're not following him, always enjoy. If you like little fun facts, I like getting my, like, Bruins Girl History. Oh, you know, yes, NHL history, history Girl. Yep. Yeah, History Girl. And uh, Mike Comito and others who have little uh, tweets and just kind of makes you look. There was one earlier from someone about Ally Afraidy. I was like, he was such a badass mother.
2: The skullet. I was upset? He had the skullet.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not there. Um Oh, someone posted a picture of PJ Axelson to me yesterday. That was scary. With you see the flow? Axelson. Oh my God. I was like, I, I almost forgot that ever existed. Like, I don't know Jesus. if this makes my heart happy. Did you show or Barry the picture. Of- he might need a blue chew after that. Yeah. Oh God. He loves that shit. He do not need blue chew bad. Don't worry <laughs> about me. Uh, <laughs> so. That's uh, all we have on this agenda list. Uh, again, we got a little behind on that. I think everything turned out in the end. Uh, before I turn it over to you to wrap it up with all your Patreons and this and that and whatever else you're going to say, I'm going to say like I've a, a been saying, please go to blackandgoldhockey.com. Check out all the awesome articles. Follow all the awesome writers, all the podcasters. Follow all the podcasts. Make sure you rate and review the Black and Gold Hockey podcast. Uh, Because I am an egomaniac and I like when people say nice things about me. But I'm an egomaniac, so say bad things about me. It doesn't really matter. It's all about me and, you know, Mark kind of. Um, And if you could do that, follow us on the socials and uh, follow all the great uh, content producers at blackandgold.com. Sir, take it home with your Patreons and what you wills.
2: All right. So I'm going to start with the stream yard that we do every Tuesday night. And we've been doing some other fun um, live streams um, on other days, too. But primarily on Tuesday night, I hang out with the, the guys from the Dump and Change Hockey Podcast, Jared and Nick. Those guys are fantastic people, salt of the earth kind of folk, and we just sit there and have a couple of drinks and do adult time as we talk about hockey and our favorite things about it, as particularly the Boston Bruins and what happened every week. So uh, stay tuned for, I mean, well, keep an eye peeled for live links to join. We're all over social media on uh, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitch and uh, Twitter, Periscope. So check out those out. Uh, we also have a Patreon campaign that's going on, which we give away a Boston Bruins related item every week, and um, we do a give a jersey giveaway every month. So this month and we're going to do it next week. So you have a whole week to get jump on board here because. We have a Jerry Cheevers hand-signed Hall of Fame jersey, Boston Bruins. Jerry signed it himself, and it's fully, uh, it has a certificate of authentication. I said that wrong again. Can't stand that damn word. Authenticity. And um, so, and we're giving that away. So it's only a dollar. So if you want to get involved, go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast. Do that dollar deed. We only ask $1 per episode. We're probably going to do four episodes a month, possibly one more, maybe two more. So it's a $6 investment for a jersey that you can hang up on your wall and uh, and be proud about. So uh, please do that. It really helps us cut our out-of-pocket costs of running our black and gold hockey sports media company. Um, that's it. So... Uh, we want to say thank you to everybody who's been listening, retweeting. The, the, the support has been unbelievable. Uh, we truly appreciate all our listeners. We ask that you rate and review. Like Heather said uh, previously, just a five-star rating would be awesome. It really helps us um, get to Apple Podcasts and Spotify and stuff like that. really helps us get our show out there and more noticed. Um, but uh, if you can't donate financially and you can't do any of that, just a, a share or a retweet is, is is fully acceptable, and we really appreciate that. So um, tell your friends and family about the show. Heather, another good week. Um, hopefully you uh, you have a good upcoming week. We'll be talking, I'm sure, going back and forth while the, as we uh, play the Rangers coming up on uh, Wednesday and Friday. And, yeah, um, and... Uh...
0: I just wanna one last time, don't forget, uh Bet Online AG, maybe you might not hear this in time. Uh and also Blue Chew, thank you to our sponsors. Uh, you might not be able to get your bet in time for the Super Bowl, depending from today's ad read, that lovely ad read Mark did. But remember, there's always other ad reads. I know you nailed yours. I'm like, blah, blah. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding, it just wasn't as awesome as it was. That's all right. That's all right. But yeah. uh, thank you to you guys too. Thank you. I, like Mark said, I c- can't express it enough how like people you know, the following, the retreat, the, you know, reaching out from other podcasts and other places, you know, it's really great hockey community all the way. I'm having fun. I try to stay out of the Twitter drama and the fights, but, uh, (laughs) I do enjoy watching a good fight. I want to get some popcorn sometimes and watch things roll out. I like it because it's random. Everything seems smooth. And then all of a sudden hockey Twitter starts eating itself again. I love it. Um, (laughs) but yeah, no, Mark, thank you. As always. Um, we, not going to spoil it yet, but look for oh, tweets later in the I, week. I think we're going to have a special guest on next week if everything works out. Uh, yes. A special co-host, not even a guest, a co-host, if you will, who uh, is awesomer than either of us. But uh, we'll fake it till we make it with this one.
2: I forgot to mention the this week's Patreon winner, listener giveaway oh, yeah. winner, and this week's um, giveaway winner is Carl Hayes. He's a new Patreon member. We really appreciate his contribution, and he. He actually contributes more than $1, so we really appreciate that. So he will be uh, contacted, and we'll get something Berwins-related right out to him. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. Mark Allred host, that's Heather Ingerson. We will talk to you guys next week. Take care, be safe, peace out.